0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: Katie Carlin on ESPN Radio. Coming through your smart speakers on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Shay Cornett and Amber Wilson filling in for the dudes. This afternoon we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path of flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. Bundled today at Progressive.com. We may or may not be going to Indianapolis momentarily. In the meantime, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Tampa because um, that has been the story on the football field, off the football field, entertainment headlines, sports headlines. It really don't matter. It's all about Tom Brady this year, it feels like, um, Amber. And, And the Buccaneers, for our job purposes, have not lived up to the expectations. They play in a stinky division this year. You bring back so much talent. Now, albeit they've had injury problems, not only on the offensive line with their wide receivers. You had Chris Evans suspended for a game. We know all about this, and everyone just doesn't seem to be fully on the same page. But now we've got these question marks coming up after we see Tom Brady basically berate his offensive line on national television. He's at Robert Kraft's wedding on Friday. He doesn't fly with the team. He's already missing Wednesday practices. He retired, then he unretired, then he's being asked about if he's going to retire again. It's all these things that doesn't necessarily necessarily pertain to exactly how to fix the problem and that's win football games after you take an L against the Pittsburgh Steelers over the weekend. And so, Tom Brady was asked today during his press conference and this is serious. Someone asked him today, we're not even midway through the season yet, if perhaps he might be considering walking away in the middle of the season. Now to me, Amber before we run this out, this is like almost an insulting question given the way this man has like devoted his body and time and and other things to the game of football. But nonetheless, here's how he answered it. Here's the Buccaneers quarterback. And then there was also a a smirk that went along with this. Interpret that how you you will. As a woman, maybe I interpret that differently, Mm. Amber. But anyways, he said there's no retirement in his near future, and so he's going to focus on the task at hand, essentially, and that is getting this team back on track, which needs to happen sooner rather than later.
2: Well because we've heard people wonder whether Tom Brady is having fun this season and I brought it up when we talked about this earlier, Shay. And what is I mean, that,
1: too? Having fun? Like, what is
2: having this preschool? Fun, right? I mean, give me a break. I know. Well, is he having fun? Is he enjoying it? Did he come back for this? And I guess we always freak out when Tom Brady's on a team if it's sitting at three and three and it's underperforming and we're like, oh, he must be miserable. And then also, you know, he's out there. He's taking hits. Well, listen, when the league allows him to be hit, because let's, let's not pretend what's going on there. But you know what I mean? He's out there. He's under pressure all the time. He's not performing his best. He didn't look his best by any means last weekend. We're kind of not used to seeing that plus I do think there's a factor here Shay, of the rumors of his personal life and maybe that also factoring in where now Tom Brady is living under a microscope because we all think that he came back to football and maybe it cost him stuff in his personal life, even though none of us have any clue what the heck we're theorizing here. And because of that, I think we're reading into each and every thing. The truth is, this is a quarterback that's 45 years old Shay. Like, are we really out here believing that he's this frustrated sitting at a team with three and three? We're like, he just can't even handle it, you know? So he's yeah. going to walk away. Like, this is going to be the point where he walks away from the game. It seems like a bunch of nonsense to me. I'm not surprised to hear him say, of course, I'm not considering retiring. It's not like Tom Brady has never been frustrated in his football career before or has never faced any adversity. Of course he has. And yes, this Bucks team is underperforming so far, but you mentioned it riddled with injuries. It's always a tough go in the NFL. He knew that was a possibility when he came back. And frankly, they still have plenty of time. They could turn things around.
1: I agree. If you look at Tom Brady and what's happening with the offensive line, he's averaging a league low 2.4 seconds from snap to pass. Essentially, they're just scheming to mask that offensive line issues with quick hitters. And they have to do that because Brady seems as though he can't quite handle that pressure, as we talked about last hour, Amber, as well. Since joining Tampa Bay, he ranks 28th of 35 qualifiers in pressured passer rating. His passer rating in those spots are the same as a man named Sam Darnold. Okay. Sam Darnold isn't even played this year. I'm just saying, like, it ain't good. It's not going well, but there are other ways that he can overcome these bad things, right? And so having a healthy receiving core, having healthy running backs you know although who's blocking for them I'm not necessarily sure and then maybe him lighting a spark under his offensive line's booty which he said today was essentially not a big deal everyone expects full transparency from him and and he expects the same from them and it's you know that's that's kind of the way he is which I agree I mean I I didn't really think that was a big deal but nonetheless if you can ignite a fire under them and you know the one thing we're not talking about at all and I'm not putting blame on Todd Bowles but there was a coaching change here okay this isn't Bruce Arians squad anymore I don't know how much of that goes into this whole scenario but I don't think it necessarily needs to be overlooked the Buccaneers problems are not solely on the offensive line and then the trickle down effect is not solely on Tom Brady some of this has to go back to coaching
3: as well
2: yeah, I, I do absolutely think that that has not been enough of this conversation. There has been major changes in Tampa. And then even to that O-line, I mean, we should have known as we went into this season. And frankly, I think it's the greatness of Tom Brady that kind of glosses over this. But even with that O-line, like Ali Marpet retires, right? Alex Kappa goes to free agency. Ryan Jensen then blows out his knee and he's gone. Then you get Aaron Stinney injured as well as we're coming into the season. And so, yes, you're going to have problems because you had so many changes on that O-line, not to mention the other injuries that you discussed. It is definitely a new look team in a lot of ways for this Tampa Bay Bucks team. Again, though, Shay, still plenty of time to figure it out. I mean, I had this team go into the Super Bowl, so I am very nervous about that pick right now, but I don't think that the wheels have completely fallen off. I'll never count out Tom Brady. I do think that it's interesting, this idea that people have that Tom is just so frustrated that he can't handle this adversity like we're talking about Tom Brady you know come on, what are we reading into we're really reading into the fact that Tom Brady told his O-line they can play better you know what guess what Tampa Bay's O-line you can play better I'm telling you that too and I'm not the greatest quarterback to ever live like we're all watching our tv saying the same things what is the big deal here when it's coming from the guy who is the greatest to ever do it also the guy who probably has more football IQ than just about darn near everybody else on planet earth and because of that he recognizes hey we have the talent here we can be better than this and hopefully they will be better than this moving forward
1: they have a very good gettable division in the nfc south and and you talked about someone that can overcome something i mean this is a buccaneers team that was up and down the entire season they went to the super bowl until after their bye week and then they basically went undefeated and went all the way to the super bowl if they can find a will they can find a way and i would not count them out yet at three and three they're tied with the falcons in the nfc south and then the saints are behind them at two and four panthers file way below at one and five. So they, they can figure this thing out, especially with Tom Brady being there under center. All right, so I, I half-jokingly said we might be going to Indianapolis. We indeed are going to do that as we get set for our first place on the line um, in that division, and we'll do it next. Stay here. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
4: Go to shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com/network.
0: Did you miss Candy and Carlin?
1: The Colts have a test this weekend as they go up against their divisional rival in the Tennessee Titans should be a good one. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance and you're listening here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM Channel 80 and on your smart speakers. I'm Shea Cornette, Amber Wilson here alongside as well. And we're lucky enough to be joined by Rodney McLeod right now, Colts safety. And Rodney, look, your squad is 3-2-1. and one. You guys have rattled off two straight wins right now. And it feels like momentum, obviously, on your side. Where do you feel like this team is at through six games? How have you guys changed and progressed?
0: Uh, yeah, I think we're in a, a good spot right now. Uh, we've obviously uh, fought back and allowed ourselves to now be in the position uh, going into this weekend uh, to be in control of our own destiny, uh, right back to the goals that we set out in, in winning this division. And obviously, Tennessee has done that over the years, and it, it's a great challenge uh, to now go in on the road um, and have to come away with a, a huge victory to put ourselves in first place. And so we understand the magnitude of this game. You know, I think, you know, right now we're starting to figure out who we are um, collectively as a team in all three phases. And, you know, that's what you, you want to see. Uh, it's not necessarily how how we started. We didn't want to, you know, start the way that we did, but we're happy about uh, the way that we have progressed. We've st- stuck together, and, and now we're in a real good opportunity to uh, take hold of first place.
2: Colt safety Rodney McLeod joining us. So you mentioned it, obviously. This is the battle for first place of the AFC South this week. So what has been the vibe, Rodney, around the building as you go into this game?
0: Uh, Really, it's just locking in, um, not being satisfied, uh, focusing on now the next week and the next opponent. Um, I think, you know, we've been locked in, you know, every single day, um, having a certain level of preparation, uh, practicing um, at a high level, and then obviously execution. You know, we feel like if, you know, we have a great week of of work, uh, practice, uh, that sets us up for the best way to have success on Sunday. So, uh, right now, man, we're excited for the opportunity. Uh, to be honest with you, and looking forward to you know going in Tennessee, man, and, and taking care of business.
1: Rodney McLeod joining us now, Colts safety here on ESPN Radio. This is Canty and Carlin Cornette, Amber Wilson, alongside as well. Um, look, Matty Ryan, your quarterback. He was in Atlanta for a really long time. Same place same team, and now he's adjusting to life in Indianapolis, obviously, and a change for him, obviously, and a change for you guys as well. How do you think he's adjusted thus far?
0: I think Matt has adjusted uh, well. Uh, you know, just like any relationship, it, you know, it takes time to understand, you know, one another. And I think uh, both, you know, Frank and uh, the offense and and, and Matt are all starting to understand one another and and understanding uh, what they do well, uh, what works with uh, that group, right? Um, Every team, you know, is different. And, you know, I think you're seeing us start to find our identity, uh, like I said earlier, in in all three phases of the game. But, you know, Matt is a a true pro. Uh, He's a great leader, and uh, he's proven. And, you know, he's he's done a great job at, at leading those guys um, particularly uh, the past two games, coming up with some huge drives, uh, what he's done throughout his career. And, and that's why we brought him here uh, for moments like that.
2: There's been some big changes on this team, obviously, Matt being one of those. You're sitting at 3-2-1. and one. What is the ceiling for this team? What are your expectations for your Colts this season?
0: Uh, the expectations uh, that we have for ourselves is to win a division. Uh, but obviously, we have to take it you know, one game at a time. Uh, that's all you can ever do is, is focus on the next opponent and uh right now uh there's no better opportunity than than what lies in front of us come Sunday. Uh like I said earlier on this call, um Tennessee has has taken control of this division for years and so we know that going and you know to Tennessee is not going to be easy um to take that title away from them uh, won't be easy and, and we're willing to fight. And so uh, we put ourselves in a great position right here at three, two, and one already in week seven. It's early; uh, you don't really normally have these sorts of games, but you know, based on our schedule and having uh, this many division opponents so early, uh, this kind of puts us in control, and uh, mm-hmm. we understand that and and looking forward to to what lies ahead come Sunday.
1: Rodney McLeod joining us now here in Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, Colts safety, but formerly played. For the Philadelphia Eagles, Rodney. So I'm going to ask you to just kind of put on your fan hat a little bit, a football fan hat, if you will. What do you make so far of the start for Philadelphia? I know you're obviously no longer on that roster, but you know that locker room yeah. really well and that fan base really well, and, and they're the only remaining undefeated team left in the National Football League.
0: Yeah, right now Philadelphia is looking good. Uh, I mean, they're they're playing well. Uh, they're clicking on all cylinders. Uh, I think you're seeing that they they face. Uh, some good opponents in these first six games. And and I think it all starts with uh, the quarterback, uh, Jalen Hurts, has looked very uh, poised uh, and Uh and stepping up uh, and making huge plays for that offense. Uh, Defensively, uh, they're playing stingy defense and they're turning the ball over. So everything that you talk about, you know, when you first get together the team, they're doing, you know, they're running the ball well, they're mixing in the pass game, they're not turning the ball over, and then defensively uh, they're, they're turning the ball over, and they're mm-hmm. doing it consistently. And I think that's what's given them a great success up to this point.
1: No doubt. And obviously you guys are, are looking for similar success, and we hope you have it this weekend against the Tennessee Titans. We appreciate the time, Ronnie. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much
1: see you later. It's Rodney McLeod, cold safety, obviously giving us a little preview of what we're going to see this weekend on the football field and an inside into that locker room. And Amber, I think a lot of the things he, he just said uh, were insightful. I mean, look, this is a squad that didn't start out how they wanted to, but they've kind of found their footing. There's a little bit more momentum on their side. He talked about how Maddie Ryan has adjusted and now he's got a full grasp of this locker room, and I think you're starting to see that now result in wins. On top of that, the Indianapolis, Col- Indianapolis Colts get Jonathan Taylor back this weekend, okay, on the mm-hmm. offensive side of the ball. And I have a rooting really invested interest in this because he's on my fantasy team. He was the number one overall pick, and he hasn't done poop for me <laughs> at all. So I'm really hoping that this Colts team continues on this trajectory, and maybe John, we have like a Jonathan Taylor and King Henry matchup this weekend, like running back for running back. Who can outduel you? Who? Like, let's go. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, and you might get it.
2: You very well mightn't get it. And certainly, the Colts absolutely need his help. I mean, it has been, I think, a disappointing start to the season for that Colts team, but in part because, of course, they had high expectations in bringing in Matt Ryan. You knew there was going to be growing pains, though, for this team. I don't know. Were those expectations fair as we went into this season, or is it more fair to assume that, hey, it's going to take them a few games here to get their feet under themselves, and then maybe they'll hit a rhythm. Beating the Titans would go, of course, a long way to doing that, not just because it's the division, but because the Titans beat them just a few weeks ago, and, and the Colts are coming off of that tough division game against the Jags last week, so there's reason I think if you're in Indianapolis to not panic yet and feel like, okay, you know, we're on a trajectory here. We can turn things around, but it starts here this weekend. Shay, I think that this will have everything to do with it, especially with Taylor returning.
1: Yeah, and I loved how we, uh, when I, I asked him about the Eagles, the team he played on last year, Rodney played for Rodney McLeod, who we just talked to, and he, and I didn't even bring up Jalen Hurts because I wanted to see which direction he went in, and obviously that was the first place. Him looking so poised, I, I think that's what we're all taking away from this Eagle squad. It's, yes, they have dynamic playmakers on both sides of the ball, and yes, Jalen Hurts has all of these options to go to, but it's him that looks so poised and is making good decisions with the football that has put them in this position to win, and I like that he articulated that. It's always awkward, though, like, asking these former players, like, talk about a team that they They used to play on because you never know like how it went when he left or if he still keeps in touch with those guys or if there's like bittersweetness that he's no longer there and they're undefeated now. Like, you know, and I thought he answered that question perfectly.
2: Yeah, he did. and, You know, I guess you can't really take away from anything that the Eagles are doing right now. So really, there's only one right out. Like when you're asking him specifically about that team, and it's the only undefeated team, then yes, it's obviously a pretty easy answer. Yes, of course, those guys are doing great, and Jalen Hurts is doing great. I mean, his numbers weren't gaudy by any means last week. He's not always the reason, but he's doing enough. And that team around him, I mean, just credit that organization. My goodness, just bringing in the right weapons, giving him an opportunity to be successful. That's the best O line in the league, and it shows. And we knew that was going to matter so much this season. It has put Jalen Hurts into a position of success. And then he's capitalizing on that position. But what's so scary about the Eagles is that Jalen doesn't have to be unbelievable every week. Like he doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes week in and week out. And the Eagles can still easily be the best team in the NFL.
1: Yeah, it's true. It, they're they're they are truly scary good. Like I don't see they're any stacked. team that matches up with them. Yeah, that that really would give them a run for them. Maybe the Chiefs, but even yet, still, I would say the the Eagles have got more talent on the roster. The Bills. Can't, the bills yeah the bills is gonna canteen carlin is presented by progressive insurance progressive insurance gives you protection on the phone online or on the app 24 7 because things happen 24 7 quote at progressive.com it's canteen carlin on espn radio the espn app Sirius xm channel 80 and on your smart speaker shay cornett amber wilson here filling in for the guys why it's getting late Very, very early for one NBA team. Mmm, what a tease. We'll get to it next here on ESPN Radio after Amber has this from FanDuel.
2: Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do is just sign up with promo code PLAY. The app is safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. So sign up today with promo code PLAY for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL.
4: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team.
0: Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: Thank you to ESPN New Orleans for that. Shea Cornette and Amber Wilson filling in for Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Kendrick Perkins joining us now. That's why you hear the percolator behind us. He's our ESPN NBA analyst. And you just heard that uh, highlight from the Pelicans game last night because let me tell you, there weren't many highlights from the net side of things. Uh, let's start with Zion's debut last night. It had been a minute since we saw this man suit up and play, and he played efficient, really good basketball. What did you make of his debut last night, Park.
3: Oh, he looked phenomenal. And he, he, he he's back like he forgot something. And when you think about Zion, right, he's in phenomenal shape. We already know what he's capable of bringing when he's on the court and he's available. The thing that I love the most about Zion, and he talked about it uh, in one of his uh, interviews, he said the impact of Teresa Weatherspoon. And uh, you could just tell that he's in a great space mentally. Because what a lot of people don't realize is is that when you're not in a great space outside the lines, then you can't perform to the best of your capability. We see Zion more outspoken. We see him smiling more. But when he's on the court, it's a problem. And I'm telling you, he's not my pick to win the MVP, but he will be in the MVP conversation Mm -hmm. when, uh, when the year is up. And he will be having a lot of people vote. And I'm expecting big things out of him and the New Orleans Pelicans.
2: If he can stay healthy, Perk. If he can stay healthy. I want to ask you, though, about the team that he beat. It's one of 82. So let's overreact, Perk. Uh, Ben Simmons' debut didn't look great last night. Nothing to write home about. Are the Nets already a mess?
3: Yes, they are. And, and that was a mess since this summer. Like and I kept telling people this. Are they gonna win games? Yes. They they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Are they gonna win a championship? No. And and look, Steve Nash and I hate to keep harping on this, but last night showed us why he shouldn't be the coach of the Brooklyn Nets, okay? He's not putting those guys in position to uh, be successful and defense is nowhere on their mind. They gave up 130 points. I mean, it was a layup line. But when I think about the Brooklyn Knicks, and I think about Ben Simmons in particular, enough with the excuses, okay? We know that he's not going to be aggressive offensively. We get that. I think we need to accept the fact that he is who he is for us on the offensive standpoint. But I didn't see the passion. I didn't see all the the, 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 the rah that he was saying for us new organization this, and I'm ready to basically show the world. He could have had the impact defensively. He is 6'10", 250 pounds, and one of the most athletic guys in the NBA. So Vince Simmons, to me, is the guy that you would think that would kind of at least take the Brooklyn Nets over the hump, but he's not going to be that guy, and I think we need to stop having those high expectations for him
1: not only him I mean Kyrie Irving looked awful last night either But as well let's leave that right there though talking to Kendrick Perkins right now ESPN NBA analyst here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio Shea Cornette Amber Wilson here with you let's switch gears to another team that's lost and that's the Lakers they play the Clippers tonight and and look after that game against the Warriors the the, the LeBron James comes out and basically says they're not equipped to shoot the basketball properly I'm paraphrasing but you understand what I'm saying here Perk now they Mm -hmm. have to go against Kawhi and the Clippers and Kawhi Why is it going to come off the bench? How do you think this game is going to
3: go? It's going to be another spanking for the Lakers. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. They're going to get – the Clippers are going to put them over their lap and give them a spanking. Look, this roster is just not good, okay? None of the pieces fit. We all know when you have two guys like LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you have to surround them with shooters, especially LeBron James. When you look when he was in Miami, he had James Jones and Mike Miller and Ray Allen. and in Cleveland, he had Kyle Corbin and uh, and uh, J.R. Smith and those guys. He has no shooting. Shooting is everything for them, including Russell Westbrook. They need space to operate. So I blame this on Rob Palenka. He could have did a better job this offseason of actually making moves and pushing the button to acquire better talent and get better pieces. Because right now he's doing a disservice to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I don't even see them making the play-in tournament if they stick with this current roster that they have.
2: So you think the Clippers are going to smack them tonight? You will see Kawhi Leonard, it appears, out there for the Clippers after missing that entire 21-22 campaign with the knee injury. How do we evaluate this Clippers team, Perk? It's, I mean, we've seen them healthy so rarely.
3: <laughs> right, but healthy, health-wise, if they're healthy, I have them picked to win it all this season. I really do. And they just have so much depth at the most important position in the NBA, and that's the wing position. When you look at yes, they got Kawhi and PG, but they also got Marcus Morris. They have Norman Powell. They have Nicholas Batum. They're so versatile. And then at the point guard position that's solidified with Reggie Jackson and John Wall. And then they have Big Zubac anchor anchoring the middle down there. And let's not forget about Terrence Mann. He's a spark as well. But they have the best coach in basketball, in my opinion, in Tyronn Lue. This team is going to be a problem defensively. They should be the best defensive team in the NBA. And I have them pick to win the championship if they can stay healthy, which I think they will.
1: Hopefully they do. There's been so many injuries on that team, you don't even know sometimes mm-hmm. what to make of them. So Clippers and Lakers is the late game tonight. The earlier game tonight, Perk, is Bucks and 76ers. Uh, did you see anything from the Sixers in their opener against the Celtics that you liked?
3: I did. One, James Harden looked like he actually got his offseason together and his priorities together. More training and more dieting, less club and less alcohol, and he looks phenomenal. <laughs> And then when you think about the, the, the pieces they added, P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, and Montrezl Harrell, I love those three additions. And we all forget, right, because we think about Joel B and Harden and Tyrese Maxey, but they have a fourth option guy in Tobias Harris who's capable of averaging 20 points per night. Doc Rivers, all he has to do is continue to make sure he has his rotations down and putting those guys in position to be successful. And although they lost opening night to the Boston Celtics, they did show a lot of bright spots. And they will come together and still be one of the top teams in the Eastern Gulf.
1: Yeah, and James Harden, perfect from uh, the free throw line, helps as well. Kendrick Perkins, thanks mm-hmm. so much for the time. We appreciate it.
3: Thank you all my good people, and y'all have a good day.
1: See you later. That's Kendrick Perkins, our ESPN NBA analyst here. I can't believe we are in the full swing of the NBA season, Amber. And do you know what they call tonight? The sports, the sports equinox. Ooh, fancy! Yeah, we have everything's ma- playing. Yes, Major League Baseball po- postseason, MLS postseason, and NFL Thursday Night Football, NFL. college football. NHL, and then the NBA now underway. So if you're a sports fan tonight, man, tonight is your night. Tonight is your night. It means I'm not getting a ton of sleep, and neither are you, Amber. That is what we have. for sure. <laughs> this is Candy Carlin on ESPN Radio. Shea Cornett and Amber Wilson here with you. You can join us on the Dr. Pepper call line, 888-SAY-ESPN, triple eight seven two nine three seven seven six. 3776 You know, the NFL team with the longest playoff drought has finally started winning games, and now people want out.
0: Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
1: All right, so the 76ers play tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks, and they've already played one game, so this is their second game of the season, and that first game was against the Celtics. And before we dive into a little bit more of the 76ers and what we expect to see from them tonight, look, they, they seem to be progressing nicely. We just had a chance to talk to Kendrick Perkins, Amber, and I. Amber Wilson, Shea Cornette here with you, and he said, hey, he's lost some weight. He looks healthy. No more hamstring issues. He looks like he's a little bit more in shape. He was perfect from the free throw line. He looked really good. One thing that did not look good, Miss Amber Wilson, is when James Harden was he was being defended by Marcus Smart goes to shoot the basketball. It's a complete brick. Marcus Smart flops onto the ground, basically slides his booty to the basket. He he, so then James Harden misses the shot and kind of does a little shoulder shake afterwards to try and get himself right. It's a gift going around the internet. And if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Because I have no idea how to comprehend that entire sequence.
2: I don't either. I mean, he yeah, it's like he, he – I guess he's shaking him off, even though he bricks the ball. I – it's a, it's a very laugh-out-loud moment from James Harden. It's not our only one, by any means, in James Harden's career. And we've seen the shimmy from him before, so he, he does this. But it was just a very funny way of doing it while – and then you brick the ball, to, like, in an egregious way, too. I mean, just was- a terrible shot.
1: It ended up being Boston Celtics' victory, 126-117. But in all jokes aside, Harden, he had 35 points. That's his most points since joining the 76ers last season. He was 12 of 12. I already said it. Perfect from the free throw line. And then he had five threes on the night. So he looked really good for a squad. The problem was transition points were an issue. The Boston Celtics, I think, had like 20 points in transition, something along there. And I think it was Harden that pointed it out after the game. Like, that's essentially where we lost the game. They couldn't figure it out defensively in transition. And so the 76ers need to get better at that point. But I know last year, Amber... There was a lot made of Tobias Harris and the role he was going to take with James Harden stepping in, and it seems like the 70 squ- 76ers squad has started to kind of figure some things out here in the offseason, but they've got a really big test tonight as they have to go up against the Milwaukee Bucks.
2: I guess so. Oh, I mean, I don't really know exactly what they have figured out because it always comes down to – James Harden and James Harden certainly wasn't the best version of James Harden last season and I am one that has a hard time believing that we're going to ever get Houston James Harden again and yet he did look healthier uh, to Perk's point and your point I mean he did look healthier he did look in better shape maybe the hamstring that I've been hearing about for years is finally better but we've been hearing about it for years so I'll believe it when I see it I need more than a game to evaluate James
1: Harden Uh, Bucks tonight again going up against the 76ers five straight seasons that a Bucks squad has ranked in the top seven in offensive efficiency it should be a good one four straight seasons as a top five rebounding team and the 76ers are definitely gonna have their work cut out for them oh you know what it's it's sometimes just like makes me say something this is kind of mean amber what i'm about to do but like to our our dear producer evan this is just so the jets you just can't have nice things sometimes yeah, i'm can't. sorry
3: that was exactly <laughs> what i was thinking my team cannot have nice things
1: seriously you get a win over the packers this weekend they're finally nope. starting to get some juice nope. <laughs> everything's all good with the jets and it's like You know, New York teams in general, like the Yankees are winning and the Giants and the Jets. And then, you know what comes out today, moments ago? Elijah Moore, their 2021 second-round pick, wants a trade. He wants to bounce. He's unhappy with the role that he has with the Jets. I believe, what, did he have one target or one catch this weekend in a winning effort against the Packers? He's like, I'm out. I'm unhappy. Oh, excuse me, zero targets, okay. So he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. And Amber, you know what I think about all this? Nonsense. You've been with this squad one year. One year, Elijah Moore. This is not like you've been around for ages and ages and you've proven yourself to be the number one wide receiver. And you know what? Your starting quarterback says Zach Wilson's been healthy for all of two weeks, essentially. So you didn't get targeted in this game. So you didn't have a lot of catches. Now you suddenly want to trade. Maybe there's more to this story, and I hope there is. But to me, this just seems so unnecessary. Yeah, he's a second-round
2: pick who showed promise his rookie season, right? His sophomore season, though, he's showing a lot of whining. I mean, that's what I'm hearing from Elijah Moore. 16 receptions, no touchdowns, uh, no official targets in that uh, upset of the Green Bay Packers. Now, he came out initially. We had talked about it on this show a couple days ago where he had tweeted out a few hours after that game against the Packers about not being targeted. He said, if I say what I really want to say, I'll be the selfish guy. We winning, great Phil, huge blessing, all I ever wanted, bittersweet, for me but i'll be solid so i'll just stay quiet just know i don't understand either and i kind of laughed about it at the time shay because whenever you say if i say what i really want to say you know but then you're telling us that you're saying what you really want to say like yeah, you're, right you're you're, you're letting <laughs> yeah. us know like we all know what you're trying to say you know like <laughs> by you saying that you're not going to say what you're going to say is you saying what you're going to say and so, because of that, we all knew he was very upset about the amount of targets that he's receiving, and so all that hogwash about "I'm grateful" and all I care about the winning is obviously hogwash. What you care about is your contribution to the winning, not the actual success of your team. Because the reality is, Shay, the Jets are good. I mean, it's it, like it's, it, I, like I almost have a visceral reaction to saying it when it comes out of my mouth. Like, ugh. but I mean, <laughs> honestly, the Jets, at least right now, as we sit here on October twentieth are
4: good.
1: Yeah, the Jets are 4-2. and two. They have to go up against the Broncos that are 2-4 and four this upcoming weekend. And again, Elijah Moore requesting a trade. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM Channel 80. Shay Cornette, Amber Wilson here, filling in for the guys this afternoon. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And so he requests a trade today. Um, well, at least we get the news of this today. Well, he and was given earlier... a
2: personal day. He was excused from practice because right. he was whining. I, we know that there's been the conversations. Even LaFleur said that they've had you know conversations and that they're going to keep it in house and not discuss it and I mean it seems like this has become obviously a big problem now you get publicly we find out that he's being that he's retwe- now has requested to be treated which I, I mean if you follow the uh, the breadcrumbs here we knew that this is where this was going to head it just seems like something that a player in his sophomore season frankly shouldn't be doing
1: that- sophomore season thank you he's not even an upperclassman yet if you will in the national football league but earlier today after practice zach wilson the quarterback of the jets was asked about this entire elijah moore situation and here he is
0: all right just just keep encouraging him you know we love him and you know i I know how important he is to this team and so you know we're gonna do everything we can and and, you know we're winning games we're having a lot of fun and you know really all we can do is just keep learning and growing and and, uh, letting him know that you know yeah i need him.
1: Yeah, and he's like, yeah, I need him. What else is Zach Wilson supposed to say? I thought that was a very eloquent answer from – the quarterback of the Jets like hey we're winning we're having fun I need him I love him like I like what he's doing like sorry he's pissed I don't know (laughs) I mean what else are you supposed to do with someone that's basically I from where I sit throwing a temper tantrum of the way everything went down you gotta win and I feel like so many times and I've listened and so have you Amber obviously we've listened to countless press conferences from countless quarterbacks or and usually the great ones say I don't care how how it gets done as long as we get a W and that's clearly not what's coming out of this Jets locker room And it it stinks because the Jets are finally winning football games and it doesn't feel like everyone on this team is on the same page clearly.
2: Well, you know, I I think it takes a lot of maturity to really mean it instead of just saying it like the winnings, all that matters, not my numbers. Right. And these guys, their entire lives Shay, have been the best at everything they do. I mean, quite literally everybody in the national football league, right. You're the top 1% of 1%. And so because of that, by the time you get there, you have been probably so conditioned to always being so good and being targeted because you are so good at every other level. And now all of a sudden, well, Welcome to the NFL and now you're not necessarily the main contributor in a way that you think you should be because the team's success is coming in a way that you feel like I guess you're not part of the reality is you are still part of it because you are still on that roster you are still on that team and oh by the way your time will come but I do understand why it's maybe a difficult road for these guys to realize that when they get into the league this is a young player this is a player still early in his career and frankly Shay he's just salty because he feels like he should. To be able to contribute more and he's making it about him and himself and yes there is a time and a place to do that and we all do that at points in our lives but it feels like such a a drag coming now when the Jets are sitting at a shocking four in two and it's like why can't they just have the nice things you know why do you have to have these headlines why now
1: Well, and it's the second receiver now that's requested to trade, which is which is beyond head scratching to me. And so, have these conversations before you go out kicking and screaming after one game. Have these conversations from within in the locker room with your head coach, with your quarterback, whatever. I mean, Elijah Moore is a good receiver. Like, find a way to get him the ball. Then I I I don't know what to tell you, but like, it's not a good look for Robert Sala and this Jets organization to be winning at a higher clip than they're accustomed to, and then having multiple receivers now come out and say they want to they want to trade because they don't like the way things gone down. I don't know. if that's a personality thing or that's an organizational thing. But nonetheless, it has us all scratching our heads here as we look ahead to this weekend when the Jets have to go up against the Broncos. And then the Broncos have got more issues than the Jets at this point, Talk which we're gonna have scratching. Yeah, exactly. Which we're gonna have to dive into a little bit later on. This is Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app Series XM channel 80 Shay Cornette and Amber Wilson filling in for the guys this afternoon. And speaking of the guys, one of those guys, his name is Chris Carlin, is actually gonna join us here after the break. So stick around. Plus, why We'll be right back.
0: Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN radio and on ESPN Plus.